Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Shirtliff v. City of Boston, certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit, argued January 18th, 2022, decided May 2nd, 2022. If you all like the podcast without uh, advertisements, please stay tuned to the end of the podcast for details on how you can support me. Just outside the entrance to Boston City Hall, on City Hall Plaza stand three flagpoles. Boston flies the American flag from the first pole and the flag of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts from the second. Boston usually flies the city's own flag from the third pole, but Boston has, for years, allowed groups to hold ceremonies on the plaza during which participants may hoist a flag of their choosing on the third pole in place of the city's flag. Between 2005 and 2017, Boston approved the raising of about 50 unique flags for 284 such ceremonies. Most of these flags were other countries, but some were associated with groups or causes, such as the Pride Flag, a banner honoring emergency medical service workers, and others. In 2017, Harold Shirtleff, the director of an organization called Camp Constitution, asked to hold an event on the plaza to celebrate the civic and social contributions of the Christian community. As part of that ceremony, he wished to raise what he described as the Christian flag. The commissioner of Boston's property management department worried that flying a religious flag at City Hall would violate the Establishment Clause and found no past instance of the city's having raised such a flag. He therefore told Shirtliff that the group could hold an event on the plaza but could not raise their flag during it. Shirtliff and Camp Constitution petitioners sued claiming that Boston's refusal to let them raise their flag violated, among other things, the First Amendment's free speech clause. The district court held that flying private groups' flags from City Hall's third flagpole amounted to government speech. So Boston could refuse petitioner's request without running afoul of the First Amendment. The First Circuit affirmed, This court granted certiorari, to decide whether the flags Boston allows others to fly express government speech and whether Boston could, consistent with the free speech clause, deny petitioner's flag-raising request. A Supreme Court held, the decision below is reversed and remanded, and Justice Breyer delivered the opinion of the court. Boston's flag-raising program does not express government speech. The Free Speech Clause does not prevent the government from declining to express a view. See Pleasant Grove City versus Summonum. The government must be able to decide what to say and what not to say when it states an opinion, speaks for the community, formulates policies, or implements programs. The boundary between government speech and private expression can blur. When is here, the government invites the people to participate in a program In those situations, the court conducts a holistic inquiry to determine whether the government intends to speak for itself or rather to regulate private expression. The court's cases have looked to several types of evidence to guide the analysis, including the history of the expression at issue, the public's likely perception as to who the government or private person is speaking, and the extent to which the government has actively shaped or controlled the expression. See Walker versus Texas Division of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. Considering these indicia in some of them, the court held that 
messages of a permanent of permanent monuments in a public park constituted government speech, even when those monuments were privately funded and donated. In Walker, the court found that license plate designs proposed by private groups also amounted to government speech because, among other reasons, the state that issued the plates maintained direct control over the messages conveyed by actively reviewing designs and rejecting over a dozen proposals. On the other hand, in Mattel versus Tam, the court concluded that trademarking words or symbols generated by private registrants did not amount to government speech because the Patent and Trademark Office did not exercise sufficient control over the nature and content of those marks to convey a governmental message. Applying this government speech analysis here, the court finds that some evidence favors Boston and other evidence favors Shirtliff. The history of flag flying, particularly at the seat of government, supports Boston. Flags evolved as a way to symbolize communities and governments, not just the content of a flag, but also its presence and position have long conveyed important messages about government. Flying a flag other than a government's own can also convey a government message. For example, another country's flag outside Blair House, across the street from the White House, signals that a foreign leader is visiting. Consistent with this history, flags on Boston's City Hall Plaza usually convey the city's messages. Boston's flag symbolizes the city and, when flying at half-staff, conveys a community message of sympathy or somber remembrance. The question remains whether on the 20 or so times a year when Boston allowed private groups to raise their own flags, those flags, too, express the city's message. The circumstantial evidence of the public's perception does not resolve the issue. The most salient feature of this case is that Boston neither actively controlled these flag raisings nor shaped the messages the flag sent. To be sure, Boston maintained control over an event's date and time to avoid conflicts, and it maintained control over the plaza's physical premises, presumably to avoid chaos. But the key issue is whether Boston shaped or controlled the flag's content and meaning such evidence would tend to show that Boston intended to convey the flag's message as its own. And on that issue, Boston's record is thin. Boston says that all, or at least most, of the 50 unique flags it approved reflect particularly, particular city-endorsed values or causes that may well be true that may well be true of flying other nations' flags or the pride flag raised annually to commemorate Boston Pride Week. But the connection to other flag-raising ceremonies, such as one held by a community bank, is more difficult to discern. Further, Boston told the public that it sought to accommodate all applicants who wished to hold events at Boston's public forums, including on City Hall Plaza. The city's application form asked only for contact information and a brief description of the event with proposed dates and times. The city employee who handled the application testified that he did not request to see flags before the events. Indeed, the city's practice was to approve flag raisings without exception, that is, until petitioners request. At that time, or at the time, Boston had no written policies or clear internal guidance about what flag groups could fly and what those flags would communicate. Boston's control is therefore not comparable to the degree of government involvement in the selection of park monuments in some of them or license plate designs in Walker. Boston's 
come-one, come-all practice, except, that is, for petitioner's flag, is much closer to the patent and trademark office's policy of registering all manner of trademarks in Mattel. All told, Boston's lack of meaningful involvement in the selection of flags or the crafting of their messages leads the court to classify the third-party flags, flag raisings as private, not government speech. Because the flag-raising program did not express government speech, Boston's refusal to let petitioners fly their flag violated the free speech clause of the First Amendment. When the government does not speak for itself, it may not exclude private speech based on religious viewpoint. Doing so constitutes impermissible viewpoint discrimination. Good News Club versus Milford Central School. Boston concedes that it denied petitioner's request out of Establishment Clause concerns solely because the proposed flag promoted a specific religion. In light of the court's government speech holding, Boston's refusal to allow petitioners to raise their flag because of its religious viewpoint violated the Free Speech Clause. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Breyer delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Sotomayor, Kagan, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Kavanaugh filed a concurring opinion. Justice Alito filed an opinion concurring in the judgment, in which Justice Thomas and Gorsuch joined. Justice Gorsuch filed an opinion concurring in the judgment, in which Justice Thomas joined. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support me, find the show notes on PayPal. Uh, show notes on PayPal. Find the find the PayPal link in the show notes, or get a hold of me at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R O A D S, like the truck driving roads, and the number eight zero. Thanks.